Georgia Public Broadcasting. This is On Second Thought. I'm Virginia Prescott. Jeff Hagerman is into ruins. The Atlanta-based photographer is an urban explorer who squeezes through cracked windows or unhinged doors to access what remains after natural disasters, economic shifts, and the churn of urban development. Photos on his Sloppy Stick Instagram page and Abandon Atlanta book series show moldering factories and malls and once-proud buildings now crumbling and overrun with weeds. These ghostly spaces are all part of a continuing story. They're canvases for graffiti artists, shelters for homeless people, and sets and backgrounds for post-apocalyptic productions like The Hunger Games and The Walking Dead. Well, Jeff is here to talk about the stories and places he shot for his second volume of Abandoned Atlanta, Echoes of a Storied Past. Jeff, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me. So you photographed abandoned places in Atlanta throughout the country, really, since 2012. What is the draw for you? Just the history is probably the most fascinating thing to me. Just wondering what went on there. And then, of course, I think it makes for good photographs also. And that's what really got me started into it. And then as I started to discover some of the history about the places that I've explored, then it really kind of fascinated me into... I mean, I became a maniac, basically, just trying to find everything I could. Well, you are a bit of a maniac (laughs) from reading this book. The way that you get into buildings and stumble around in ruins, I mean, in really dangerous places. And, you know, there's vermin, there's battery acid, there's old industrial remnants. I I don't know. Are you crazy? (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't know. I've never really felt super in danger. I mean, there have been a couple of times, not not in Atlanta, but uh, I don't know. uh, Most of the people that I run into are pretty friendly. And luckily, I've never come across, uh, you know, too much as far as any kind of animals or or anything like Any that. Any other critters. But there is a story of you trying to get into, I think it's the David Howard High School in <laughs> Yes. Can you tell us what happened? Um, or you must be re- uh, referencing in the a window. window. <laughs> um, yes, it was a very heavy glass window, unfortunately. And I was trying to hold it up as I was going into the window at the same time. And I just kind of flopped in. The window shut on my leg. And Luckily, I had a friend there that was able to open the window and kind of let me fall <laughs> into the building. But down to, upside down. But, you know, I was limping around all day, and I knew my leg was sore. And when I left, I looked at my leg, and I was like purple, literally mm. from the thigh to the calf. I don't know what it did to my leg, but it it, it hurt. Were the photographs worth it? I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah the photographs <laughs> are kind of astounding and stunning. I mean, Thank there you. are... In, in that place, particularly, there's, you know, a long yellow hallway with blistering paint and these red doors that are still propped all open. Right. There is this, I don't know, so what happens to your mind when you see these places that were once bustling, occupied places? Again, I just wonder, you know, what went on there before. Um, that's an interesting school because it was also like an ROTC school, I believe, um, aside from being uh, Martin Luther King school as well. Right. Um, Vernon Jordan, Maynard Jackson, I think mm. you found one there too. But uh, it had an armory downstairs, which is, you know, odd. So this is the second uh, volume in Abandoned Atlanta, that series that you're doing. Pratt Pullman Yard is in their Exide Battery, this massive high school. Mm-hmm. Huge industrial buildings in plain view, really, but people don't go in them. How do you find them? Good question. Whenever I first started, I just kind of stumbled upon a school. Um, I was really into photographing colorful graffiti, and I really loved trains. And I just kind of naturally found myself finding abandoned buildings. So um, one day I was going down Huff Road and saw an abandoned school there. It was really unique looking because all the 
uh, classrooms were like octagonal shaped and it was covered in graffiti on the outside. So, you know, I kind of stopped and looked at it for a second and decided I was going to go eat lunch and then stop by on my way back. So I did stop by and I was peeking in the window and saw like a sleeping bag there. And, you know, being by myself, I didn't want to run into anybody. So I left, came back maybe the next weekend with a friend and then just hopped in the window and, and started looking around. But it's actually a lot of research mm -hmm. now. Um, sometimes I wander upon them, like the YMCA. That's something that I had no idea it was there. We were actually around the corner looking at another building, and we just happened to be walking by, and it looked like the door was a little bit cracked, and there was a plaque on the outside saying that it was a really you know historical building or whatnot. So we just started kind of peeking around inside. This is the YMCA on Butler Street in Atlanta. You didn't even know it was a YMCA. So what do you learn from reading the remains of an abandoned building? Uh, well, that place, I mean, you know, I found out, again, Martin Luther King was a member there when he was young, Vernon Jordan as well. Uh, Walt Clyde Frazier, who was a professional basketball player, played basketball in that gym. And I don't know. It's just uh, su super interesting, just all the history that you uncover. Well, to me, that was especially fascinating because there are some rooms that are just trashed. You know, there's only a little puddle left in the pool. But others were remarkably intact. Isn't well, that the one with like a meeting room that looks like people just well, stepped out what, to get coffee? That was actually two different visits. Oh, okay. Um, the yeah, first... so tell me more about that because these things deteriorate as time goes they on, They change as time goes on, absolutely. Um, that place in particular, the first time we went, it still had electricity and running water, which is obviously odd for an abandoned building. And that was one thing that I'm sure was making it uh, perfect for homeless to be staying there. Right. And they were really protective over it, apparently. But yeah, the first time we went, there was the boardroom, had the huge wooden table and chairs and pictures of the board members on the wall. And the next time I went there, it just looked like a bomb went off. It was just concrete walls. And, you know, a homeless person had had a, a mattress sitting in there with some belongings and you know, different things like that. Yeah, and that's another layer of the forgotten places that are, people are living there now. Yes. So what happens when you do encounter people who have really claimed these spaces? You know, there's uh, all kinds of different reactions, honestly. Sometimes yeah. they're super nice. They'll want to show you around. Of course, you know, they'll ask for money. Some people are, uh, you know, really quick to ask us to leave. Most of the time we will. Luckily, nobody's been super aggressive or anything like that. Uh, really? I thought you had a gun pulled at you once. <laughs> <laughs> well, that are was you, in Chicago, you... and that was like security, apparently, in air quotes. Um, yes, we were leaving a building in Chicago, and we ran like morons, and I was hiding. Uh, we kind of split up. I was hiding, and uh, one of the so-called security guards came up with a gun and put it in my face. And mm. He didn't speak English. He didn't look like a security guard, and the gun didn't... It looked like it was stolen or something. I would be surprised if it had serial numbers on it. Mm. But, uh, yeah, he just like kind of led me, pointing the gun in my back to a little clearing, and luckily somebody that spoke English showed up and kicked me out. Well, you say we, and, and that, that's something I noticed, that we found this, or a friend and I went, do you ever go to alone? I, I have. Um, I obviously prefer to have somebody with me, um, but there have definitely been times when I've gone solo... There was a place in Pennsylvania, a huge psych uh, hospital, and I had never been there before. I made the trip there, and my girlfriend at the time didn't feel like, uh, I guess she was kind of scared to go in because there were some Really? People... An abandoned asylum? <laughs> well, it wasn't really the hospital. It was We had to park in this uh, baseball field, and it was active. There were people all over the place, and she just didn't want to get caught, I guess, walking up to the, uh, the hospital. 
So I went by myself and explored it for probably about three or four hours by myself. Mm. So there is an eeriness to these places, like, you know, the punch clock, the signs for the employees still there and leaves or vines growing around them. Mm-hmm. Are you creating narratives as you're shooting the photographs? I mean, you are really telling a story on some level. I, I do try to. Um, and, I, you know, a lot of people will move things around and try to make the photo photo better but I, I would prefer to just kind of walk into a room as is and then just kind of try to come up with like you said just a like like a narrative or a story to tell with the photograph have any places in particular just you know captured you obsessed you i mean you obviously do research where you can read about the stories right. in this book but any that just take your imagination um, there are definitely a few unfortunately not in atlanta a lot of the places that are in my books from Atlanta are now uh, destroyed, so they're not even around anymore. But uh, there are some places in New Orleans. There's a hospital called Charity Hospital um, that was abandoned after Katr- Katrina. Exactly. Right? It, you know, it was evacuated during Katrina, so they left everything from personal belongings and gifts from people to body parts in jars. Mm. I'm speaking with Atlanta photographer Jeff Hagerman. He's author of Abandoned Atlanta Volumes 1 and 2, filled with often haunting, but just really beautiful images of crumbling relics of America's past. He's on Instagram as Sloppy Stick. <laughs> right. Sloppy Stick? <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not, I get asked that a lot. Um, <laughs> no. And uh, interestingly, that name actually was made up long before I even got into photography or anything like that. I play pool, so that's actually where it came from. I wish I had a better story. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was just a, a pool-playing nickname. I want to go back to, you were talking about um, people bringing, you you know, sometimes being welcoming if you come upon the place where they're living, sometimes not. Um, right. Many of them seem to carry knives, I've noticed, from your <laughs> narratives. But do you, do, you, do you you get a sense of how they live? Like, there's one guy, I can't remember, was it at the Exide Battery Place, who told you he was going out back to take a shower? Yes. What, how did he shower? Um, that guy, uh, I actually saw him again maybe a few months ago. And uh, the first time I saw him, I think, was probably six years ago. Hmm. The first time we went to the Exide building, and he came rolling in with a garbage can, and he was super friendly. And just told us, hey, you might not want to go out back because uh, I'm going to be naked taking a shower back there. Because I guess the the water felt good off of the hot roof or something like that Uh that day. But he was there maybe the first three times I went to that building. He was super nice. The last time I went there, he was very obviously on some sort of drugs and had a knife in his pants. And yeah, he was nice, but... Either way, I got out there as quickly as possible. But it makes me think you said six years. I mean, what? I what is it? For re- sure, he would be dead. I'm, I'm wondering, like, how does somebody survive? And oddly, he was probably two blocks from Exide when I saw him. A friend of mine and I were just driving in the area. It was actually raining, and I saw a guy on a bike. And from a distance, I just I knew it was the same guy, and I yelled at him, and he came over, and we talked for a minute. And uh, yeah, he said that he was he's surviving. Wow. So what do you what do you carry with you when you're going into these places? Aside from my camera gear, really just just like a flashlight, yeah. gloves. <laughs> that's about that's about it. <laughs> yeah, there's some pretty nasty stuff in there. Exactly. Well, okay. So but these are also dangerous on other levels. You're in dilapidated buildings that are half crumbling, broken glass as we said, you right. know, rats, fleas. Uh, so places that people want to keep people out of. I mean, it, it is questionable legality what you're doing. Okay, it's full-on illegal what you're doing. <laughs> so first of all, have you ever been arrested? The short answer is yes. Um, I've never been charged with anything. It's usually once they figure out that 
we are shooting photos, we're not stealing anything, we're not vandalizing anything, then they tend to be, you know, much more nice to us. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, it's usually when we run. That's why I say it was stupid of us to run when we were in Chicago. It's just like a rule that we tell ourselves, just don't run. Usually if you don't run and just talk to them and say, hey, this is what I'm doing, then they'll just kick you out. Yeah, I see. But a few years ago, wasn't there the skateboarder who got killed at... At Pullman. Pullman. What happened to him? He was, uh, I guess, just walking across the top of it, and there are some skylights, mm -hmm. and I think he was trying to walk across a skylight and just fell right through. Mm. But So this is the realm that you're living with, too, you know, the skateboarders, homeless people, and graffiti artists. You've taken photographs of some really, really beautiful work, and these are things that nobody gets to see exactly. except through your photographs. It is very odd, and I have come to know a few of the graffiti writers and just asking them, like, why would you want to put your work somewhere where basically nobody's going to see it? And they don't care. They just want to get their work up, and however it's seen, it's seen. If it's not seen, then it's not seen. That's kind of stunning to me. I mean, yeah. there's there's one place that there's um, a portrait of, I think it's an Exide battery again, a portrait of Albert Einstein across from Robert Oppenheimer, exactly. you know, looking at each other across the way, but so beautifully worked out. Right. Um, it really is something that people don't see it. But you do research on these places, you know, you found about Dr. King, where he went to high school. The list goes on and on. So what have you, in seeing all these abandoned places, and you're looking at them really intimately because you're taking photographs. You're very much engaging with them right. on some level. What do you think about the idea of being left behind? You know, what what is a place? Of course, there are a lot of decisions. You know, there are business decisions. They're meeting in boardrooms. They're like, exactly. we're going to let go of this place. What does it mean to be left behind? I mean, that's one of the things that fascinates me about it. You know, there's no telling what happened to make, you know, the people either abandon the business or their home or, you know, whatever it might be and just leave everything behind. Like the uh, the GM plant in Doraville that was there, when we went in there, there were, you know, still half-filled cans of drinks and cigarette butts and people's families' pictures in their locker still and things like that. It's almost like, you know, they were told that they were, could come back the next day and they just were shut out. Hmm. Yeah. And that has since been torn down, like many of the That's ones gone. that yeah. you've seen. But there are others like Exide Battery along the Beltline, where so many abandoned buildings have been and been transformed, right? And, I'm sure that one will be next. And Howard High was supposed to be reopened in 2020. It's it's getting worked on as it's we It's getting worked on, right? I think mm -hmm. I have seen that one, actually. So what is this tipping point for tearing down or transforming? Yeah, I wonder what that is. I don't know. Mm. I don't know what it is that... Uh, you know, makes I suppose it's cost. Obviously, you pointed out that some of these are like EPA super fund sites. <laughs> exactly. Like uh, Exide, uh, especially, that that is a super fund site. And uh, I'm sure that's one of the reasons why that has not been developed yeah. yet. I forget what stories we read about that, but there was some super high cost as far as getting that place completely cleaned out the way it's supposed to be and everything else. Lena has this history of tearing down and redeveloping. This, this actually, it's funny. It's come up a few times in the last couple of weeks. We talked about Summerhill, how many transformations and big developments that have been through. And last week, we talked to organizers hoping to preserve this building at 152 Nassau. 
where some really important country blues and gospel records were recorded. And actually, we found out that the the wrecking ball is hitting it, I think, this week. Hmm. So how about you? Do you have a role in this? I mean, are you trying to tell some kind of story or is this an activism? What are you doing here? No, I mean, I wish it could be like an activism kind of thing. But unfortunately, I don't think my photos really... You know, prevent any any anything from moving forward. Um, yeah, no one thinks I want to live there. <laughs> exactly. It's really just a race for me to try to get in and uh, document them before they're gone, because of the unfortunate, you know, history of Atlanta just kind of tearing everything down and rebuilding instead of uh, saving the buildings. When places are rebuilt, it is kind of sad for me because you can't explore them anymore. But at the same time, and you know, we would much rather have them. Uh, you know, repurpose a building rather than just, you know, tear it down and rebuild. Yeah. Well, fascinating work that you do. Be careful out there <laughs> in your race against time. Jeff Hagerman, author of Abandoned Atlanta, Volumes 1 and 2. His books tell the stories of abandoned sites in Atlanta. He's also an Instagram at Sloppy Stick. Really worth following. Thank you so much for speaking with us. Thanks so much for having me. All right. And as we're heading in the break, we're going to leave you with a little of Ghost Town by the specials. Because why not? This town.